We've got breaking news that Ryan Allison knows nothing about. The Leafs cast is back! Jackson ahead! Matthews up to net! There it is! Breaking news. What the heck? Uh, Tim, do you think he knows? Ryan, don't you dare Google anything. Do you think he knows, Tim? <laughs> oh, Ryan knows nothing. I mean, you didn't even know this. Well, so I, when, I wouldn't say I, I didn't know this. When I talk to you, I, I listen, I do feel like Tim's uh, knowledge of you know the ins and outs of the league has been lacking a little bit. Due to a few change statuses surrounding this, Elite. Uh, this is what stuff, happened. But. Steven gets this one little tidbit of information. <laughs> and then he's just like, this moment, this is how Tim feels all the time. I need to hold on to this moment and drag it out. Steven, Ryan, you're being people. quiet. You better not be Googling anything. Of course I'm Googling. I got to keep up what here. What the all heck, I see, man? The, the top results on Google is just that the Leafs suck and lost to the Canadians. So I don't know go. what this news you're talking about is. The breaking news sweeping Leafs nation except for you two bozos is that the Maple Leafs have placed Dryden Hunt on waivers R.I.P. Dennis Malgan this is you're getting Ryan's live reaction to uh, Dryden Hunt do you see how non-caring I am (laughs) yeah yeah, I actually wasn't sure if if, did you not hear me (laughs) Ryan didn't even didn't even breathe Dryden Hunt has been the most non-impact player we've seen in the Leafs lineup for a while I can't even tell you one thing that he's done in his time here. I'd, I'd rather have Mulgan back. He's had he lost a couple, the trade. He's had a couple of uh, uh, like chances, and every time it would ever happen, I thought it was somebody else. Since we like, made oh, that trade, the fourth line has just been completely unnoticeable. There's nothing going on down there. Not yeah, necessarily a- all on him. Like We've had Simmons in a lot of games, too, and I've completely wrote off him at this point. He's gotten worse since the last pod when I was harping on the guy. <laughs> But Hunt hasn't done anything to help it. It's just a non-identity, nothing happens, fourth line. It, it is a little bit disappointing to lose Dennis Mulgan, um, kind of for nothing, where I, I thought he had a little bit of juice in the Leafs lineup, but I guess maybe that's just Kyle Dubas. I don't know, maybe doing him a solid. I can't even remember who we sent him to. The Avs? Sent him to the Avs, where he has seven games played, zero goals, one assist, and is a minus two. Not uh, not really moving the needle over there either. What this means for the Maple Leafs, though, is that TJ Brody is most likely back and that they want to get Pontus Holmberg back in the lineup as well. He's been in the minors mm. coming off of, like, an illness. Maybe he started it. Maybe it was, I never thought about this, right? Who started it? The Leafs have been on and off dealing with, like, the flu slash maybe a new COVID's going around. Uh, and anyway, so no more Dryden Hunt, but we get TJ Brody, who's pretty good. I mean, it's not like they replace each other, <laughs> like no, different no. positions, <laughs> but the team as a whole, I guess, is improved with the return of TJ Brody for sure. Ryan, you didn't even know this news three minutes ago. You're trying to tell me what it means. No, what it means is that they'll be trying TJ Brody on the fourth line right wing spot. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of defensemen, so maybe uh maybe you're right. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Stephen Douglas here joined by Tim and Ryan Allison who are informed just slightly less informed than me. I'm sitting on the floor today. I thought it was going to be about players weights or something. And and if no, and if you uh if you're watching the YouTube stream, you're getting uh, a lot of my 
side profile here because there's some playoff football on and I do try to get some joy out of the sports that I watch from time to time and football. <laughs> I just always get joy out of. So hockey, sometimes we get pain. This was a, a bit of a roller coaster week for us uh, here. We had um, obviously Boston was last Saturday. We pod it. That was right at right before last pod, but then we had a five, four overtime win against Florida, a four, one regular, uh, regular win against Winnipeg. And then we played one period against Montreal and went home. And apparently Montreal is able to score three goals. <laughs> well, Josh Anderson scores his every time. And then Montreal manages there too, is what it is. It might be a bit of recency bias because we just lost the, the most recent game, but I don't know. To me, it feels like a, a down week. I don't feel great about the games we played this week. Florida one was a little all over the place. Winnipeg Very was obviously a good game. And then Montreal, yeah, like you said, so we only show up for one period. These feel like the kind of things that I felt like we dealt with the first like 10 games of the season, and now we're past that. And it feels like we're trenching up that old Leafs again, the Leafs that don't know how to defend. Like, look at these goals we're letting in. We let in five or four to Florida and another uh, I don't know. I Two and a half to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, I feel like we're slipping back to bad defense Leafs. Well, that that Florida game was drunk. That yeah. game was drunk. That that thing was just like running gun all day. I can't think of one defensive play made by either team in in that game. Um, I, I'm glad we got the win. Um, and and I mean that one. You talk about defensive. I mean some of those shots by Florida was rifling were just pretty ridiculous. Like those ones were tough to stop, like scoring from distance and stuff. But yeah, definitely a weird week. And not to make the whole pod very negative, but I was I was very upset after that game last night. That was that was atrocious. I'm so frustrated and sick to death of losing to the Montreal Canadiens, regardless of how good or bad the team is. Uh, the Maple Leafs can't beat them. That's so stupid. Well, and Samsonov was phenomenal in that game. Like he was making these crazy saves. We still lost. Like it, it's I don't know. I, it's it's just baffling. You think that the Leafs are past it, although they're not. That's what I'm saying. It just feels like earlier season Leafs right now. All I got to say is like hockey night in Canada. Leafs never show up for hockey night in Canada. Montre- then it's like, oh, it's Montreal. Oh, Montreal's got the news of Caulfield is now out for the season. They're just going all in for Bedard. They say, yeah, we think you need sur- 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 surgery. I don't know. All these things together that say like, oh, of course, the Leafs are going to win. It's like they never win those. I think so, the Leafs lost on purpose to give Montreal extra points so they wouldn't get Connor Bedard. That's my leading theory. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say mean, that's the way they played overtime. Like Mitch Marner. What? Give me. I almost oh. turned it off when his stupid little pass. Like, what do you think you're doing? He always does that. The guy's like uh, in overtime. You talking about yeah, in overtime? Yeah. He's oh, I was screaming at my he's TV too. A silky winner. And he does stuff like that. Like, Sandine oh. did it as well in overtime. Um, Shoot me in the face if you no. do a, a drop pass in overtime a to no gain entry pass. into the zone. There's nobody within a like a, a mile of you. Give me a break. Give me a break. Oh my gosh, we're off the rails. Yeah, I'm, I don't. But, I don't think we need to talk about the least failure to score in overtime. We've well, been there and done that well, multiple times. Well, there were some good things about this week. Uh, the Thursday game in particular. The first period was maybe like so-so, but then periods two and three was like the Leafs just poured it on. It was great. We had a couple periods of regular just good hockey from the Leafs. Actually, I would say 
the last two periods of the Winnipeg game and the first period against Montreal. We played what three good Those periods are 60 of hockey. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think anytime you can escape a game against the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets to without like major injury to core players is oh, man. that's a big deal. They're still the same old Jets. Tim, you were live boots on the ground for that game. I was Talk there to us about it. It was uh, it was great. Great atmosphere. I mean, the definitely the first period, I think uh, Winnipeg was like shelling us. They would like t- way more shots than, than we had. But um, Samsonov stood tall, held us in the game. And then uh, Matt Austin Matthews took over. It was great. It was, we, we were, that, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that it means something when you beat a good team sometimes, right? Like Montreal just beat us and they would probably look at us as a good team or like top three in the league. But it's not like Montreal's now looking at themselves and thinking, hey, maybe we uh, got to be buyers at the deadline. We beat Toronto. We're a pretty good team. Like it, it doesn't mean anything if the good team you beat played poorly on that night. But Winnipeg is a good team. They're like top, five or seven in the league or such tops of their comp of their and they were playing well on that night it's not like they were just rolling over yeah. and we were walking over like they look legit and we handled them four to one and you're just like okay this is great this is the Leafs who can show up against Tampa or Boston in a playoff series and say hey we got a shot we can go toe-to-toe with these kinds of teams so I I agree Tim like I, that Winnipeg win it's, it's not nothing beating those good teams they're playing well that night as well. Beating them like that, that that's not nothing. Not nothing. Tim, but you've been to what? Three games this season already? What can I say? People just like to go to Leaf games with me. What? What is going on, Tim? You're like, I like this. I, 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 and you never, you never mentioned it before you're there as well. It's like, by the way, guess where I am? Guess, guess where, I, where am. I am? Trust me, I'm now two for three uh, for W's at Leaf Games this year. So if any of our listeners have extra tickets, please let me know. I'm moderately lucky. Well, Tim, you lifetime, in, sorry, Austin Matthews era lifetime uh, have really good odds of him scoring goals when you're in the building as well. Austin Matthews said, oh, Tim Allison, the least cast in the, in the building. He always appreciates a good Austin Matthews goal. One other thing of Fun note time. in the Florida game was uh, Matt Murray didn't have a very Ooh, man. Well, let, let's, let's, I, we were let's, just trying to be happy. Well, let's yeah, dive into goaltending. In. Let's dive into it. Right. Um, that's just kind of one of the topics for, for now, because uh, it feels like every time, you know, we get the sense from Sheldon Keefe, who he feels like is the, the one a um, it's shifts, right? And they've both been healthy for quite a while now. So, like, we've gotten a good look at kind of what Sheldon Keith thinks of them. And, um, what, the last two games, it's been Sammy Smiles. And yep. then uh, Tuesday, it was Matt Murray, who did not have a good game. Probably his third not-so-good game of the season. And well, It's definitely uncharted territory for the Leafs right now. In that, like, at the beginning, Murray was injured. So, it's not much decision to be made there. Then both goalies are playing great. So, you're like, oh. What do we do? You can play either one. Then both goalies are playing very much not good, which is in the same position. But now you're in the unique scenario where Murray is struggling right now and Samsonov is playing fantastic. We haven't had that yet this season. And in the past, when you have one goalie that has one game that's really off, Keefe would put them right back out there so they don't sit on it and then they'd win the next game. But in this case, when Murray got pulled, and we had Winnipeg the next night. He didn't go back to Murray. He went to Samsonov, who played great. 
And well, then what, with Samsonov again against Montreal, we lost, but he again played great. Like it's, it's interesting where we're at. Well, what was significant is like that was the first time Keith has pulled a goalie like mid mid game for like another goalie this this, whole, this whole year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, it's it's because like the Leafs have had such strict like all right, here are Murray's games in the schedules, here are Samsonov's, uh, Samsonov's games. So like all of a sudden, if Samsonov is playing an extra half game, it kind of throws a wrench in it. But I mean, I, what what was the Murray's total? I mean, and not all his fault. Like he's been playing defense, but at the same time, four, I think it was four goals on eight shots. It's not good. I, I, I agree with the decision to pull Murray, Murray in that Florida game. He's not been playing very well recently, and he just didn't have it that time. We were still in the game. Obviously, we ended up winning. So it was the right call. And I don't I, I've seen some, I guess, criticism of Keith of his unwillingness to pull the goalies in some of the other games prior. That's from me. Sure, Tim, you're one of them. Um I well, you're I there, just tell him, Tim. I I, I, yeah, I, him. I disagree, I guess. I think that when you're dealing with Murray and Samsonoff, especially like you know, we're now at the halfway point of this season. Both of these guys coming into this year, their confidence is probably at an all-time low in their career. Samsonoff was just told by the team that drafted him, like, no thanks, we don't want to sign you. And Murray was just traded, and the other team had to give up more just to get rid of the guy. And both coming off of struggling seasons, struggling multiple seasons, they're coming in here just to get better. If you start pulling them, that that doesn't help you. And obviously getting scored on several times in the net doesn't help you either. But it's like, the as soon as you start that, that's like a card that the coach has to pull. You can only pull it so many times. So I have no problem with Keith waiting to pull it. And I think he made the right call pulling in Florida. I don't criticize him. Very much. Well, I'm trying to think of the number of games like before maybe the last couple of weeks where like somebody should have been pulled. I mean, the Leafs didn't even give up more than four goals in a game until like November or December or something. Um, but that's interesting. That was the first time it had happened this season. And it was the right call, right? Because Sammy Smiles came in, played well. And uh, um the Leafs walk Came away back. with a, an overtime W by Willie. Was that Willie? Of course it was Willie. Who else Man, can I'm... score clutch goals for the Leafs? <laughs> he almost scored at the end of the game last night. Do you remember that? Like one and a half seconds to go. He comes out of the box and lets a nice rip. Oh, that would have been so sick. Would have that changed been the so entire sick. mood of this podcast. You remember that time? Uh, it was like one second left in the game and Austin Matthews beat the Jets. And like that final second with a bar down, like slap shot from the blue line. Those ones so you like, remember forever. Upcoming this week, I mean, we'll get into it later, I'm sure. But we have like the Islanders and the Rangers and the, the Senators. What what do you guys do with the goalies at this point? Do you keep rolling Samson off? Do you switch it up and try to get Murray going again? Like, what, what would you do? I oh, we have a game next Saturday? Yeah, which is fine because I'm at a bachelor party. So uh, that's the Leafs looking out for me. <laughs> Although what who's why would I go to a bachelor party that isn't watching the Leafs anyway? Give me a break. Um the uh here, here here's a pro Ilya Samsonov stat, okay? Um he has been excellent, excellent, excellent at home this season. And yep. even though he plays well, maybe the stats don't always show it on the road. Um he's he's well, okay, after after uh, Thursday, 13-0-1 at home this season. Uh, on the road, where'd, that, where'd the road stat go? 
I mean, you just look at his overall record and, and subtract 13 two, wins. 2-4-0 and oh, uh, with an 887 save percentage on the road. Um, but this so, week, has, I mean, it, all the games are at home. <laughs> eight, eight of our next nine games are home games. Crazy. How many of those you go into, Tim? <laughs> None yet. I'm I'm a free agent. Let me let, if you have people have tickets, email us at the Leafscast Pod. I will happily attend any games with you and it'll be a blast. All right. I mean, I'd like to throw out that Ryan and I are also great company. <laughs> well to answer know. my own question, I'm I'm thinking you need to get Murray in there again. You've had this great tandem all season long. You don't want these guys getting injured. I saw Sam Snuff flop around like a fish last night. You don't want to overwork the guy and doing something. But a good get him fish. back going on on a routine. Get Murray back in the win column. Okay. So I don't know. So look at like I don't know. I like Islanders. Every time I see the Islanders, I want to crush them twelve nothing. Um, right. So I want the best I don't goalie think Murray in Murray and Samsonov have much to do with the twelve though. No. Uh, Rangers, you're going to be going up against. Uh, top-notch goaltending the other end of the rink so it's like well better have a good goaltending there and then there's ottawa what? which that's a, that's a loss that's a loss what what what's kind of funny though rye is you you know you mentioned you've got to get murray back in there right for sure but all, all this season is all about the playoffs right and it's all about yeah. wor- working up to that and at some point someone needs to become the one Right. There's no way the Leafs are going to play seven games. You know, we will play seven, seven games against whoever in the first round and Tampa and start. Yeah. Really, we can just say Tampa and start more than one goalie. Right. There's no way. You know, so maybe. I, but no, but you were just saying how good Samsonov's home record is. Why won't you do Samsonov game one, two at home and Murray game three, four away and go from there? Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. Well, I'm saying, though, when, when if, if not, maybe now. When does Sheldon Keefe decide who his one is, right? And give that guy a shot. I guess he kind of has, right? He played him two nights in a row. Um, Pretty small. like I, I don't we know. Still four, we still have 40 games yeah. left. I anticipate Samsonov playing 20 and Murray playing 20. I, I, don't, I think what you guys are looking for, we're not going to have. I don't even think that's what the plan is. So, I think they're going to keep splitting, and I expect they're going to split something. And then, and then the playoffs rolls around, and he just picks Murray because he's done it before. Is that it? It feels like Murray has the upper upper. Uh, if you edge if here. it keeps going the way the season is right now, Samsonov will play the home games. It's crazy what his record is, and at some point you just have to think, well, it's kind of lucky because I think it kind of it is luck. But his home record is just it's got to be the best in the league, other than maybe Boston because you know Boston but, just doesn't lose games. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that it's. Uh, Maybe if one of them, like if Murray can't find his groove again, then yeah, you're right. It'll probably be Samson. He, Murray's been good most of this season. He's had like a couple weeks where he's kind of looked a little off. He'll probably be fine again. I'm not, I'm not worried at this point. Well, looking at the schedule, we didn't get to next, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, big game against Boston at home. So I think like you can write Samson off in for that game in pen. You think so? Because the last one Murray started. Yeah, he had like an 880 Boston. save percentage and we lost. Against Boston? It was 880? It was that bad? It was not it was good. good. I mean, Boston got a lot of shots, but it was uh, not a Vesna performance. An 882, four goals against on 30 shots. 
Oh, uh, no, sorry, 34 shots. But in my prediction, I think we see Murray on, uh, Murray on the Islanders, Samsonov uh, on Rangers and Ottawa, and then Murray and, and Washington. I think, I think, yeah, I think we see Murray on Monday just because Sammy's played the last two or two and a half or whatever for, for that reason. But I, I, I just, I think that Keith's going to start to favor one over the other and he's going to get a lot more starts um, rolling into the playoffs. Tim, what do you think? Even split or somebody? No, absolutely not. I think you have one goalie in the playoffs. Unless the NHL scheduling says, like, I hate you in particular. Play it back-to-back, um, which they've done in the past. Um, uh, unless, if it, unless if it's a back-to-back game, you go with one goalie. You say, you're the guy. Unless if you get, like, a stinker. and only, and Or if you go down, like, two games to none after the goaltenders cost you games, then you consider it. But, like, early strategy is, like, all right. Here's the here's the net. You run with it until you lose it. Was uh Samsonov hurt at all last night, or was he just being dramatic, laying on the ice after that little flop? Because he acted like he got shot, but I didn't see any movement there that looked like anything got twisted. You never tell. Like Campbell's finished games with a broken liver. He said his jaw was sore. Jaw. Mouthing off to the ref that his strap came off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll Michael Bunting's jaw has been sore for since the end of the league, I think. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, I, okay. Breaking news. No, oh, wait. We already did that. Shoot. Um, I mean, as we're talking about playoffs, working back from that, we're going to be facing Tampa. Maybe it's if we keep losing them, loser teams like Montreal then we maybe won't have home team advantage. But looking at that, we have to say the trade deadline is in just over a month. How all in? I know we talk about these different names about like, oh, should we go after Ryan O'Reilly? There's uh, Bo Horvat's kind of the crown jewel of coming out of the tire fire that is Vancouver. But what always comes back to is how all in should we be this season? Um, is this so Dubas? No contract uh, extension early in the year. Last last year of his contract. We had actually previous. I forget if it was that on the podcast or just. No, we were texting afterwards about it. Right. Uh, there was some chatter kind of around the Christmas break of like. Kyle Dubas has earned himself a contract extension. Even though like we even if we lose in the playoffs, he's c- constructed a team for like the fifth or sixth year in a row. That's a top five team in the NHL. This guy doesn't deserve to be uh, under the cloud of a one-year contract. <laughs> you don't um, say it right, Tim. Are you going to pose something, Tim? You're just talking. <laughs> I just talk, guys. You guys. The question just... is, is that Kyle Dubas is one year left of his contract. Does that mean he's going to go all in? Is he just going to fringe around the edges? Is this the year to go all in? Is it better to save the draft picks? That's what you're asking, right? Well, I, then I was coming and she's like, should I just keep talking? Like, do people yes, actually want to hear what you guys, guys think about what you were thinking? We should All right. Preface. What do you guys think about, one, Kyle Dubas. Two, is this, uh, will he, like, sell the farm on this year? Is this the year for this team of Toronto Maple Leafs? I, I'll start. I'll start because I'm older than Ryan and taller and more bearded. Watch the YouTube stream. 
Um, and more distracted, clearly. I don't. I. I don't think that Kyle Dubas is guaranteed to get a job with Toronto next year. I just don't. Even though I, I recognize he has lots of hits and he has to work hard because, like, he has to he has to make these hits, right? Um, just due to the the stress that he's been put under, um, you know, with the salary cap. And it is worth noting too that like his his job's been harder than so many other teams in those first couple of years where the Leafs really banked big on the, the that cap going up and it didn't. Um, but I could really see him going all all in um, this year and. I think that's well. Okay, I think I think Kyle Dubas will go as all in as the player kind of demands. I don't see him offering up the farm for a guy that doesn't deserve it. But like, like do you a, think multiple first round picks all in? Like Matthew? Yeah, Nye's like I'm all saying, in? like if a player like if he wants a guy like Bo Horvat, and he's going to cost that much, I think I think this is the year that Kyle Dubas would do that. Um, and honestly, I think that he should. Because we're to the point where these draft, the draft picks specifically, probably aren't going to help the Leafs in the next three years anyway, uh, in this like current iteration of what the roster even looks like. Um, so that that's my thoughts on all, or unless you want to go, Tim. No, you can go ahead. I talk. I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit, Stephen. I think that we can learn a lesson from the Florida Panthers here, who. Were a little later than us getting playoff ready, like they were maybe a year or two after us entering the playoffs, and then they shot up to Prisoners Trophy winners. They traded the whole farm and went for it, and all of a sudden they're out of the playoff picture again. And obviously, it's not the same story as us, but their playoff window was like three years or four years or something, and they went all in, and now all of a sudden. They don't have any draft picks left. They don't have any prospects coming down the line. Everything they have is here, and they're still not good enough. They're probably going to be sellers at the deadline, and they're retooling or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it. And we can also learn a lesson from Montreal two years ago that it doesn't matter how good your team is. If you are in the playoffs, if you're one of the eight teams from the East, makes the playoffs, you've got a shot. You don't need to be the Colorado Avalanche. You could be the uh, Washington Capitals when they won the cup. They weren't the President's Trophy winners that year. They were like or a St. Louis Blues. Like, yeah, St. Louis Blues, the LA Kings, like whatever. You go down the list of teams that weren't President's Trophy winners that are winning the cups and making their deep runs or going to the end. I think that Kyle Lubis is... He, I expect him to prioritize progress this year. I don't think he's going to do nothing. He knows how important it is to make it past the first round, to make a deep playoff run. But trading the two first-round picks, trading Matthew Nice, tr- selling the farm, all you're doing is you're shortening the number of years that you're going to be able to stay competitive and keep going to the playoffs. And I think he knows that. And if if he goes a little, maybe trades the first or that's it, or similar to the last year, two seconds, and they're out in the first round next year. I think he will lose his job and he won't get a contract extension. But I think most other teams in the league will pick him up. So I don't think that that weighs on his heart too much. So I think I don't think he's going to go all all in like Tampa or Florida did last year. But I expect us to do some stuff. Well, what the other piece that's, that's interesting is that whether the Leafs are a top five team or a fringe team all depends on what Austin Matthews wants to do. Uh, 
Obviously, next season is the last season that he's under contract with Toronto Maple Leafs. After the end of next season, he could walk for nothing. So I, I'm going to look at what Kyle Dubas does at this deadline, and that's going to give me a little bit. I know I don't think they've officially started negotiations as that. You know, well, these things all have behind closed doors. But I think that as long as Austin Matthews is a Toronto Maple Leaf, we're going to extend the window for as many years as we can. Like you look at Alex Ovechkin, he won the cup in early 30s. He's a superstar. So like, I think looking at our, our prospects and who we're going to trade though, like I think Matthew Nyes is absolutely untouchable. Like here's a guy young cost control for the next three years on the verge of like making an NHL impact. We can debate on whether this season he'll make an impact or not, but he definitely has a future with the Leafs. Um, Cause the Leafs have never had a surefire prospect flame out before. Well, th- that's not one from Arizona. I, I want not one from kinda, Arizona, baby. But I, I kind of want to talk about that all the same. And I don't really understand the concept of this person is untouchable because they're such a good prospect. Like do all the other teams not see what a good prospect is. Is he not equally as valuable to the Florida Panthers as he is to the Toronto Maple Leafs because he is such a great prospect. I mean, like he's just pe- as likely to flame out there as he is here. Or like if he's so good right now, like I think of Nick Robertson who that year that he had that, stupid good season shot like a hundred goals or whatever he got. And we're like Nick Robertson, untouchable. He's our best prospect. We can't move from this guy. And what happened? His trade value plummets to basically zero. In which case he's a completely replaceable player. At this point. I, I think what the difference way better off if we traded him back then. Yeah. But the difference is that who his value, when we say he's untouchable, what we're saying is his value to us is worth more than the value to other teams. So why? So it depends on your training. If you're, if we're training to Montreal, Montreal is not going to be good for three seasons. It's yes. outside. It's outside of the windows. The, the value he has is like the t- the teams that are in contending now in the same window as us. And the play, the players you're going to get from teams that are in the same window from us are not the quality players. So to like, a- answer this, would you rather have right now, this season, this playoff run, Bo Horvat or Matthew Nyes? What do you want? Obviously, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Okay, no, stop, stop, Vancouver stop, stop, wants stop. more I'm than three years. Me, my turn, my turn. Can I mute Obviously, you? Obviously, Bo Horvat, because he's going to help you now. If you are the Vancouver Canucks, would you rather have Bo Horvat or Matthew Dyes? Now, I mean, not fair comparison, but you would rather have the player, if you're a team like Vancouver, if you're a team like Arizona, if you're a team like a loser team out there, you would rather have the player that's going to be good three years from now. That's the same thing as trading your first-round pick for a rental player. It's the same thing. It's all about the timelines though. Like if, would you rather have Matthew Nyes or a top 10 pick in this year's draft? No, you're, we're talking about different things. I'm not saying trade Matthew Nyes for a pick. I'm saying trade Matthew Nyes for a player who's going to help no, you now. Vancouver. The va- management of Vancouver is going to look at Matthew's Nyes and say, I, I, I have to pick because obviously 30 teams want Bo Har- Horvat or 15 teams. Yes. I can pick the Leafs package that has Matthew Nyes is going to, in three years, the guy is going to walk or want lots of money, or I can get a top 10 pick. It went five years is going to be okay, a, a difference. Maker. Fair. So pick a team like Ottawa, who's like in the rebuild, who says yes. In like next year, in the year after that year after that are the years that we want to start making a push. There's lots those- of teams. Teams aren't either 31st or first in the league. There's lots of teams that think we are a Matthew Nice away from next season or two seasons from now making a push. But those teams don't have the same value for uh, 
difference-making player who makes 800k. The Leafs are the most are one of the most cash-strapped teams. Uh, sorry, they have most cash-flush teams. Cap salary cap. Thanks to Tim, what do you got to say? <laughs> no, I said thanks to Tim. You know, spending oh. all of his money there. No, Tim, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're, you're oh no, hot. sorry. I thought you said listen, Tim. I'm gonna tell you, speak to him. It's like no, I have the truth, well, and that like he's worth more to the Leafs. But any then anything you're gonna get back. Like if you have the long term view of the Leafs, you're gonna say Matthew Nye is a part of the future. And the only way we're gonna fit in everyone else's contract, because everyone's demanding money, is by having people at the bottom end of the lineup that make league minimum that are worth more than their contract. If Matthew Nye is this phenomenal prospect that every team wants a piece of. Then we could get a player for Matthew Nice that's going to help us today, this season. For how, well, how much money is he making? More for whatever. There's players that make like, like this no. player could be really expensive to acquire because he's a cheap cap hit. That's what Tampa went on got last year. They went on and got someone who made really cheap, and they signed for some term, and they traded two first round picks for. Him. Like there's there's teams out there that would value Matthew Nice more than a first round pick because they're closer to contention. But do they have anything we want? There's so much that we want. What do you mean they have anything we want? We need, we literally need a top six forward, a bottom six forward, a bottom six centerman, a right-handed D, and arguably a goalie. <laughs> like, we need everything. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, the value isn't there. You look at these trade proposals that Matthew Nyes, all of them either get vetoed. Like, it's so hard to pick a value on how much it is. You're not going to get a trade that works. There, There's also... Steven, just... agree with me. I, I only half understand even what you're arguing, I feel like. Um, but I, well, anyways, <laughs> well, Ryan is willing about, to trade uh, Matthew Nyes for a bottom six forward. Thanks, Ryan. Well, well, Ryan has a good point, though, with the, the Nick Robertson thing. And that's a little bit like the, I, I don't know, the Nick, Nick Robertson feels kind of bizarre, like. He he has also helped in the NHL. Like like you could have a guy that just like never even cracked the NHL lineup and stuff. But like just the laundry list of um, teams that you know made a prospect really you know really good prospect for Bo Horvat type trade. That then the really good prospect ends up helping out that team a ton. Like Tage Thompson is in Buffalo right now. Uh, Philip Forsberg still is in uh, the Philip Forsberg's like the poster child for that. That's all I think of all the time. But um, um, I think Matthew Nice is untouchable probably except for Bo Horvat to me. I yeah. think about, I think about Bo Horvat every day and I think about Matthew Nyes almost every day. He had two goals in his game last night and looks incredible. This guy looks like he, he could be helping the Leafs so much right now in college hockey is so different than uh, the OHL where Nikki Robb was lighting it up. Um, and the way that Matthew Nyes, he's, the, he's a powered forwards, power forward. This guy's, this guy's like a truck. He looks like a truck, um, uh, dancing through these, uh, high quality NCAA defensemen. Um, but, but you, tr you trade him for a month and a half of Bo Horvat. Well, I think I Bo would, Horvath, honestly, Tim, come on, you wouldn't make that trade. It's I think Horvath. I would, I, no. I would because, because you, you don't trade untouchable prospects for just anyone, but Bo Horvat is better than anybody that's been available at the deadline forward wise that I can think of in like five years. There's no Maybe. reason. And, and one, one, one for one. That's what you consider, but well, the, the asking price is going to be higher than Matthew Knight. Yeah. Though. That's why, that's why you're not even thinking about it. Probably. Bo Horvath, like yeah. he's your character guy. He scores goals. He's everything the Leafs need. That's why we're not going to be able to afford. 
Apparently, oh, that's it. where you say go all in. It's trade your first round pick and Matthew Nyes and get Paul Horvath. Like, that would be what it takes. And I don't think they should. And there's not, it's not like it's impossible that the Leafs could maybe keep Bo Horvat after this season as well. But Bo Horvat is, he is that dude. Bo Horvat is gearing up. Bo, Bo Horvat is like, is, is closing that gap, right? That we saw last Saturday between us and Boston, a team that we will have to beat if we want to win the Stanley cup and we want to win the Stanley cup. Um, and, and when, when, you know, you, you, you say like, 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 why is this year the, you know, the year to do it? And, and, and Ryan, you talk about like all the teams that like they got in and, you know, they made it or, or they, you know, they won the cup, but they were like the seventh seed and stuff like that. Teams that get in with the seventh or eighth seed are basically playing with house money. There's less on the line. There is so much on the line with the Maple Leafs needing yep. to win a cup right here. Like we have so much more on the line than probably like almost every other team that's in there right now. You guys, um, wait, okay. Let's just like level set here. Bo Horvat, you guys like obviously this season he's tearing it up before this year he's been like a 20 to 30 goal guy who gets like 50 points like let's not say yeah, that this is not like he doesn't Rocket play every Richard game winner. either he, do, he doesn't play every game so he he had injury risk i mean like you just look at the points so points per game he's a good player and he he can oh he's good goals he's in the most the most important data is the most recent data it, and he's 27 he's more likely to continue what he's doing this year than to all of a sudden stop and become a 20 goal guy and not score anymore for the next season. and he's a he's probably bed sheets he he i'm sure he's <laughs> bed sheets right the guy's from ontario he's like he he's a guy and i saw matthew nye score two beautiful goals in an overtime winner last night and he's a horse but like there's so many issues on the with the forward group on this team that we're we, we're losing to you know jabronis like Montreal and I want Matthew not or I want Bo Horvat man I want him both. <laughs> think about this if I can keep rambling here what do you think is Matthew Nyes okay he's in college having a good old time in Minnesota doing whatever people from Minnesota do um, is he like dude I got to get to the NHL and show him I can play here or else I'm gonna get shipped from Toronto to Vancouver. <laughs> right like i'm gonna have to start my you know call it or my professional he's listening to the leafs cast getting word i'm saying he's it, not untouchable i don't know what do you think he's thinking right now i wonder um i bet he doesn't even pay attention to this. None of these guys. i don't know i i wonder i mean maybe he's just like i'm sure he's heard from his agent right like you know if if his his name is actually in rotation because there's other leafs prospects that we could trade um why haven't i heard about topini mella for months is he even good anymore should have yeah, he hasn't that had guy as, hot, too? Had as great of a season as he did yeah, last it's year it's almost like we should have traded them when their trade value is high instead of holding on to them and letting them flame out eh, Tim? wow have fun in your two playoff runs and then your decade of mediocrity isn't that not the best way to go though to go all in and be in the playoffs for three years and be a hundred point teams then go sell it all and go all out and get Connor bedard to go all back in and who cares about this middling thing i I, I, uh, I, I do think though a little bit like we haven't had a meaningful first round pick join the team since Rasmus Sandin. Rasmus Sandin, right? Uh, oh, well, or was Lil, yeah, Rasmus Sandin. So 2019, right? I think that was Rasmus Sandin. Maybe it was probably Well, I mean, to be fair to Rodi and Amarov, he got brain cancer. Not his fault. No, I'm saying, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying like a meaningful, like helping out the team. Um, 
and it really hasn't made that big of a difference in the bottom line, right? The Leafs continue to be a good team every single year because Kyle Dubas is able to find like value in, in other guys that just aren't 19, right? Like Bobby McMahon. Um, so I wonder like, yeah, I just wonder his mindset on, on that, right? Like, like, like what does he even value these first round picks at? I mean, the two prospects we've talked about or, you know, all the prospects we've talked about here have, haven't even been first round picks. Matthew Nyes, Nikki Robb, Topi Nimala, none of them first round picks. But that that's how you win and stay competitive, right? You trade away your first round pick every year. You got to hit on the second and third round. Like, that's what Tampa's been doing for so long. That's why they're so good now. It's because they keep on having players join their team with a draft in the seventh round, or fifth round or whatever. Just a quick caveat. Uh, I We haven't talked about Bobby McMahon at all, I think, on the pod. Have you guys, what have you guys thought about uh, Bobby McMahon? In I call one him game, I saw him do more than Hunt has for this entire time here. Well, that's part of why Dryden Hunt's on the street now. Because so. they don't want to let go of Bobby McMahon. I call him 1932 in the Douglas household because <laughs> he so, sounds like a guy that played in 1932. Um, but Bobby. Yeah, old Bobby. He's got some juice. Bobby McMahon is working really hard out there. It is nice to see. Like, you can tell. The kid wants to stay in the bigs. I mean, he kind of looks like a fourth line player. Like it's not like uh, maybe even a fringe fourth line, fourth line player. I, I would be kind of surprised if we see him in playoff time, but right He's now we're seeing his- Simmons like every other game. So we're just have nothing going on the bottom of the lineup. And yeah, he looks fine out there for now. He's like holding down a spot for Matthew nice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Matthew nice could help this team, man. He could help this team big time. What happened to Zach Austin Reese? Like, He's been a nothing burger for a long time now. Started out the season good, but just kind of, yeah. Yeah. He, he'll hit someone. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was out. I guess he's dressed tonight. And then the, you don't see him again. In, in the topic of, like, the, the, the trade proposals and just the Ryan O'Reilly of it all, when I watch some of these games and see the third line, third lining, I just can't help but, like, or just I'm not convinced that Ryan O'Reilly would help Pierre Engvall and uh Alex Kerfoot sort of new. Engvall has nine goals this year. I just pulled up the stats. He's he's up to nine. Like it's not the worst. If he ends the season with 20 goals, that's like yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe we were wrong about Pierre Engvall. You you guys remember last pod when I was saying how Cali see I'm just pulling up receipts, how Cali Yarn Crook uh is a trailer instead of a truck. And, he, oh. and uh then he proceeded to have the goal that he scored this week where he was just standing naked in front of the <laughs> net and just tapped it into an empty net. That's the trailer. That's your trailer, guys. I hey, was tra- uh I, go ahead. Trailer was in the right spot. <laughs> I was laughing when the game after I called out Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley has that unbelievable assist. Uh, I forget who it was that scored the goal now, but just like this great play at the blue line and awesome pass. And like, oh, there's Morgan Riley. He's still no defense, but at least he's generating something now in the offense. Yeah, he had a he had a better week than he did uh, last week. Yep. Okay. We have come to no resolution at all. <laughs> no, let's well let's let's put our 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 name our pick aside here. Do you trade Matthew Nyes for Bo Horvat? Yes or no? Ryan. One for one? Yeah. No, right, whatever. It's not, it's, but Vancouver it's doesn't do that. It's one for one, absolutely. But Vancouver I don't even would think never a, do that. You can throw out first round picks. I don't even think about the first round pick because we're just going to trade it for some 
you know, get rid of a contract anyway. So like, sure, throw the first round pick. In there. I, I'm not entertaining the question because I think there's a incredibly low chance that we trade. Yeah, I think he's I, very far. I think uh, Dubas doesn't usually go after the flashiest name. Uh, I already said, I don't think Matthew Nyes is going anywhere. Um, and I don't think the Leafs will pony up what uh, what's needed to get Bo Horvat. I don't know. I saw the rumors this week that apparently Boston was interested. Boston has nothing to give Vancouver, but who knows what Jim Rutherford's doing over in Vancouver. They're a bit of a mess right now. Um, so I, I do think that Dubas will make a move. I think our first round pick um, either this year or next year is, is as good as gone. Um, I think uh, having the flexibility, I haven't, I haven't heard anything about on the Muzzin front one way or the other, but I think we're going to have at least his cap to work with. Um, and so I think they bring in someone that fits that cap, I think has a first, at least a first round pick price tag. And then we have enough, uh, young prospects to at least go with it that are not named Matthew Nyes. So I think we make a move, but not the move, if that makes sense. Make How many the more move. years does uh, Timo Meyer have on his contract? Timo Meyer. He's not a popular name to around. He's what, Tim? He's a popular name that people people. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just thinking. I was looking at the standings and trying to find the teams that would value someone like uh, Matthew Nice because they're two or three oh. years away. And I'm thinking San Jose. They're probably on the up and up, and they're they could value Matthew Nice. What about Matthew Nice for Timo Meyer? Timo Meyer is UFA uh, at the end of this year, and San Jose might value that because they have fifty million dollars of dead money on their blue line. <laughs> Matthew Dyes, Timo Meyer, Steven, you interested? No. Ontario, I'm Don Cherry, Ontario boy. I don't know I'd be why. Interested in that one? I don't know why. Give me an Ontario boy. I bet that San Jose would value Matthew Dyes more than a first round pick. I don't think so. They're a ways away. I think so. Yeah. Give Eric Carlson, Mr. Norris, this year. Eric Carlson is 32. An old man. Better. I don't know. I think like don't say that. I mean, Hurdle is twenty nine, Couture is thirty three. The they're I think they need to firmly. All of Detroit, do. Buffalo, and Philadelphia would uh, value Matthew Nyes. Would you trade Rasmus Sandin? He's not going anywhere in the division. And no, and something for like a a Bo Horvat. Yeah, you can't do that. Like Rasmus Sandin, he's he's so important to our our blue line. We got him for cheap for two years, but Horvat's only for one year. That that's a tougher one. I'm pretty attached to Sandin. Looking like There's a good probably contract. no Once way. again, one for one, you do the deal. If it would have to be, I don't know. Like I I, I it's so hard because the media is the worst when it comes to anything from like, they'll say, Oh yeah, it's going to take 50 first round picks and your firstborn child to get this guy. And then the trade comes through. It's like, Oh, not. So it's like, I don't know. Like oh, sometimes they- it's ridiculous. So like some of those trades last year at the deadline, the two firsts and like, there's some trades that just go for crazy high prices. Yeah. Well, yeah. You talk about that Florida stuff. I mean, I bet you you go back on this podcast. People were like, they traded a first for Ben Sherratt. Like they deserved yeah. where they're at. 
An well, then you look at what the Leafs did in two seconds for Mark Giordano. That's just like found money. That was a fantastic trade. So maybe maybe Dubas just does more than that. Trades his second round picks for the next 22 years and uh, keeps all his first round picks. We turn second round picks into Matthew Nyes and Nick Robertson. That's true. That is true. Not useless. So wait, who's right? Steven, but what are you doing? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You have to do it. You you have to gear up one of these years. The Leafs haven't geared up and haven't done anything. You have to gear up. Um, and uh, uh, depending on what goes on with this Austin Matthews situation, things could get a little dicey. Let's take a run this year. We've got good good goaltending out of one of these guys. Let's do it. I think there is a it. reason why we've been and, a top five team every year, though. And part of it is because we haven't geared up, as you just said. The fact that we haven't gone all in one year means that we're able to keep going every year after that. And there's no reason why if we continue what we're doing, there's no reason we couldn't be a top five team next year. Right? I don't know. I'm I'm still just like, Felino is just in the back of my mind. So you could spend the farm for Connor McDavid to get him on your team. And then it's like, boom, injury done. All wasted. And it's just risk. I mean, but you got to, Risk it for the biscuit sometimes, but it's just like that's in the back of my mind. It's like all these guys and these some of them that have these injury injury history, then it's even more so. It's like, man, it sucks. Yeah. And because you seeing all these guys you give away go go on and have like successful NHL careers, and you're just like, well, we tried. But that's where you need depth, right? Like that's why you, you can't trade Sandine because every year we've had one of our defensemen go down an injury. Then all of a sudden you have some loser defenseman back there and you notice it and, and you say, man, if only we still had this guy. So it's like, you need nine NHL defensemen and 22 NHL forwards going into the playoffs so that you're ready to go play for an extra month and a half and win the cup. But not Dryden Hunt. Not Hunt. That guy's, that guy's nothing. <laughs> What's funny is Sorry, that like, buddy. we've waved him. He hasn't been claimed. Oh, we've we all been saying the, we say the guy is useless and we don't notice him. We've totally reconciled ourselves. He's good as God. Yeah. Colorado will probably pick him back up. Like, why wouldn't they? That'd be funny. And they wait. All right. Let, let's call it. I'm, I'm, Tim got me all heated up, but I, I want to go cool down or something. Take a cold shower. Oh, my goodness. Knowing Ryan's apartment, it might, uh, the shower might not stop running. <laughs> and then Ryan's just sad in the shower for. A couple Great. hours. Let's win well, this week. Let's get all wins this week. These are we have to beat the Islanders. If we don't win, win, beat the Islanders, it's gonna be a downer pod next Sunday. Have some week. smile this week, boys. Have some smile. Give us tickets. <laughs> <laughs>